What's up everyone, it's Nick here, and before we get started with today's video, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, which is Citadel 21. Citadel 21 is a Bitcoin cultural zine and displays the best of the best written content directly by the Bitcoin Taco Plebs for the Bitcoin Taco Plebs. You can read all their articles online for free, or even purchase copies of all your favorite volumes. But you got to be quick because they only sell a limited amount and they sell out pretty fast. They allow anyone and everyone to submit articles. So if you're eager to write something, I highly recommend you do it. Check out their website at citadel21.com below. The link will be in the description. And now let's get on to the video. All right. What's up, class? This is Optimus Fields at My Living Truth, and we're back for another episode. We're at block height 670,069, and the current price is 44,565. And I'll pass this over to my boy, Nick, and uh, have him introduce our guest for tonight. Yeah, so what's up, guys? It's Nick here, and me and Nico from Simply Bitcoin. We collaborated on this podcast for tonight, and uh, this is something that me and Nico and Optimus have both all been talking about. And um, I don't think Optimus has one yet, but he wanted me and Nico to do a presentation on this because we both have a quote unquote shit hits the fan bag or, you know, Optimus calls it a bug out bag. And this goes, this is pretty relevant today, I think with all the stuff going on in the world and it really highlights Bitcoin's transportability. So before we get into it, uh, Nico, what's up, dude? Thanks for coming on and uh, helping me out with this. Man, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to uh, give this presentation with you. Mm -hmm. Let's just get right into it. So, um, yeah, let's do it. Getting into why Bitcoin's important, um, Nico, do you want to kick this one off? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so look, uh, Bitcoin changes everything, right? And look, we all live in the Bitcoin echo chamber, like I like to call it. And everyone just keep, keeps hearing the same narrative, the same, you know, idealized, right? What Bitcoin really enables you to do is is take full custody over your wealth, right? And if you look at it from like a historical basis, right? Like put the network aside, put the memes aside. But if you look at it from like a historical basis, humanity has never been able to efficiently travel or transport their wealth, right? There was too much... You still there? Friction. You know, there was always guys with half your stuff. It was very. Yeah. Can you, can you hear me? Hello? 
Hello? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you're just cutting in and out, but we got you. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Hello? Yeah, Nico, I got you. All right, Nick, could you hear me? Yeah, you were just cutting in and out a little bit. Yeah, sorry, I apologize. So, yeah, so what I was essentially saying, guys, is that if you put all the things aside as to why Bitcoin is important, why it's significant, and why it's so empowering, right? Like, put all... beams aside, put all that stuff aside. What, what you guys should be focused on is that Bitcoin gives you the ability to move very efficiently over or crossing borders that potentially, and if you look at like a lot of the genocides that have happened in history, right? Uh, obviously the Holocaust is one of the best examples. You know, a lot of the Jews didn't leave 1930s Nazi Germany because they had a hard time moving their wealth imagine working there your entire life just to have a government you know take it all away from you you know because of your of your race of your beliefs of that you know after the capital riot they're just shutting down bank accounts of you know conservatives in in, in you know in this country so it, it what bitcoin allows you to do is it, it, it takes away power from you. The Jews couldn't leave because they couldn't transport their Bitcoin. They couldn't take it with you, not their Bitcoin, their wealth, right? But we living in the era of Bitcoin are able to do that. We could we could move in a whim's notice, right? Which is why this bailout bag is so important, right? Because if it was, if, if we were living in any other era, your bailout bag would have to have a bar of gold or pieces of cash that were very easy to seize, right? But with Bitcoin, you can... Okay, all right, third time's the charm. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, so um, I, I apologize. Look, so it's very simple, guys. If you put everything aside, could you could you guys hear me now? Is that, is that yeah, okay? Yeah, you're good. You're, you sound good. Okay, awesome. If you put all the, you know, the the stuff that we hear in the Bitcoin echo chamber aside, if you put all of that stuff aside, Bitcoin is this, Bitcoin is better money, all the ideologues, right? Just if you just look at it from a very, very simple level, right? What Bitcoin gives you is freedom, sovereignty, independence, right? It gives you the ability to move vast amounts of, of money and capital across borders with very little friction, Right. So if anything, could you guys hear me? Yeah, you're good, yep. dude. Okay, cool. So if, if you know, if the government that you live in and the country that you live in, you know, starts being tyrannical, it starts, you know, implementing unjust laws, right? That has happened throughout history. Bitcoin gives you the ability to pack up everything, bring everything, put it in a bag, in a backpack or in a bailout bag and leave at a whim's notice, right? The Jews in 1933, a lot of them, you know, and, and a lot of them died because of this. They couldn't they didn't want to leave Germany because it was so hard transporting their wealth with taking their wealth with them. Bitcoin gives you the ability to do that. Right. Imagine crossing a border with a 
bunch of cash. Imagine crossing a border with a bunch of gold, right? Because those are the those are basically some of the only tools to transport a lot of wealth in a moment's notice. Bitcoin, you don't have to do that. You have to hide or memorize a 24-word seed phrase, and that gives you a tremendous amount of power, right? Go uh, governments will confiscate, you know, any type of wealth, especially when they are in, in economic problems. You have Executive Order 6102, which is an example of when FDR confiscated, you know, made it illegal for U.S. citizens to own, you know, bars of gold, anything that wasn't jewelry, Right. So it, it, so these examples, right, and those are just two very blatant examples, should remind everyone that just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't happen. And they should also remind you that if things start to get dirty, if they start to get a little ugly, right, in, in your particular situation, remember that Bitcoin gives you the ability to move very quickly. And if you have a bailout bag, you're you're ready to go in a moment's notice you can catch you can catch the next flight out of that country and you have literally everything you own on your person right yeah and uh i think um yeah uh when you were talking uh when your audio cut out did you go over executive order 6102 as well I did go over Executive Six One Zero Two. Did Did you not hear that part? I didn't, but um, but I can explain it real quick. So, Executive Order Six One Zero Two is when the government uh confiscated all the gold, and they were allowed to do that because all the gold was centralized, and it was very easy to just go to banks and safety deposit boxes and and stuff and uh you know, take people's gold and not allow them to withdraw it. With Bitcoin and self-custody, that's impossible. You can't do that anymore. You ha now have your wealth on you and you can use it freely whenever you want for whatever you want. And then um, just touching on again, uh, you can use Bitcoin in a brain wallet or multi-sig and escape with all your wealth. You can put your 24 seed phrase in your head and move across borders or across the country without anyone ever knowing you have it on you. And multi-sig as well, you can hold one key on you and you can travel around. And even if that key gets confiscated, they don't have control of your funds and your money is still safe. So we're going to go into two examples real quick. I'm going to share. I'm going to close out of this and then open up this video and uh it says utter disbelief and uh this dude is saying that uh the government is going to regulate the hell out of bitcoin and all this other stuff and um you let's just watch it and you'll get the importance of it yeah if you think that the u.s treasury and the u.s government is going to let this thing get out of hand where literally corporates are starting to replace what can dollars they do? to what a can large they do at this point they can regulate the hell out of it is what they can do and and we've already seen that i mean we've seen it to some extent i'm just telling you i mean they're going to let the dollar fall away from being the reserve currency for the world so right now we are in a, a bit of a euphoric state i mean when you think about what are we talking about here we're talking about tesla and we're talking about bitcoin these are two risks risk assets that have gained more than a trillion dollars combined in like the last six months and it's all based on hopium and I don't mean to hate on all of this 
all these people who are making a ton of money on both of these things just understand that there's got to be some sort of gravity that takes hold at some point and the two of them combined make for I think a really difficult situation if they both start going down together and the ripple effects that we will see across currency markets financial markets and the such could be really great no one is talking about it right now there are no more naysayers in Bitcoin so I would just say to you have at it at 45,000 because you've taken out everybody who thinks it's a scam yeah it is approaching 45,000 uh, as we speak Nico any commentary on that yeah I mean look it, it's more of it's more of what we are seeing um, it, it's it's essentially what we're seeing you know basically throughout history right uh, you know there, there's a really famous saying that I always allude to which is, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes, you know. So once you, once you start seeing red flags, like, you know, basically a guy going out on, on TV and saying, look, the dollar can't die. You know, we're not going to allow free market forces to decide which is the better currency. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying we are going to, by force, by regulation, we are basically going to sink Bitcoin, right? Um, and that's exactly, you know, when you should be queuing yourself to leave. Perfectly said, dude. And um, let's move into the next video. And this one should really get you worried if you've never seen this or maybe not get you worried. But um, this will tie in very nicely to why Bitcoin's transportability is so important and why um all this bad stuff that can happen may happen and probably will happen. I look for colleagues to join with me in introducing a bill to uh, outlaw cryptocurrency uh, uh, owner uh, purchases by Americans so that we nip this in the bud in part because not uh, an awful lot of our international power comes from the fact that the dollar is the standard unit of international uh, finance and transactions. Clearing through the New York Fed is critical for major oil, oil and other transactions. And it is the announced purpose of the supporters of cryptocurrency to take that power away from us, to put us in a position where the most significant sanctions we have on Iran, for example, would become uh, irrelevant. So whether it is to disempower our foreign policy our tax collection uh, enforcement, or our law, traditional law enforcement, the purposes of cryptocurrency, the advantage it has over uh, uh, sovereign currency is solely uh, to aid in the disempowerment of, uh, of uh, the United States and the rule of law. So ignore the shitcoin shills you just saw there, but what he was pretty much saying is, I mean, it's true, like Bitcoin does disrupt them and that's literally why we use it, but we use it because they are very corrupt and the money we're using, as in fiat money, like the US dollar or euro, it's constantly stealing from us, it's constantly stealing our time, it's literally slave money. And they have the power and they do not want to lose it. If you control the money, you control the people and they have, 
us eating out of their hands. But with Bitcoin, we can take our wealth and secure it for our own. And they have no control over us anymore. Nico, is there anything you wanted to add on there? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Nick. And, you know, um, the the only other thing I'd want to say is just the audacity of just this, you know, U.S. senator going on and saying, look, we have to, you know, let you, uh, you have to use our currency by force, you know, because we know what's best for you. You know, it's, it's, that doesn't sound very American, you know, not, it's, it's not like may the best currency win, right? Because they can't have that. They don't want a fair game. They want you to use their currency because when you use their currency, it gives it value and they could just, when they, and they could just print it and they're the first ones to reap the benefits from, from the printing. You know, we're, we're the people, the people on the bottom, the plebs are the, are the people that actually suffer the consequences of inflation. So we're using Bitcoin not so much to, you know, to undermine the system or, or launder or whatever. Those are, just, those are just like side effects of a better money, right? So that whole argument, you know, is just other bullshit. But Brad Sherman is very special because he's one of the he's, – he's, he's saying what all the other politicians that support central bankers um, – you know, want to say, but can't, right? So it, it's just, man, these are exactly, th- these types of videos are exactly why you should be prepared to move quickly because don't be surprised in the future if this fiat system is on the verge of collapse. Do not be surprised if governments do some tyrannical stuff to try to get your corn. Mm-hmm. The signs are all there, dude. So moving on, uh, why build this bag? The importance of this bag is you can get out quickly with your energy and um, energy, meaning your monetary energy specifically and all the other uh, personal valuable belongings you have on you. Authoritarian governments, as we've seen in 2020, are completely overstepping their boundaries. So you need to go where you're treated best. If they are completely cracking down on you, they're not allowing you to leave your house because of lockdown, they start doing terrible shit to you, you can pick up and you can leave with all your personal belongings and your value on you, and you can just go to where you're treated best. We call that voting with your feet and voting with your money. So also we've seen in 2020... In 2021, unfortunately, we've seen rioters burn down cities and destroy people's personal belongings and buildings. All throughout 2020, I've seen so many videos and pictures of people having to stand outside their uh, their personal home business, or maybe not home business as well, but like their business in town. Or in, and they got to arm themselves with guns because if they don't, these rioters are going to come, throw bricks through their windows. Uh, just completely burned down the entire thing. They've been burning down cars. There's homeless people who sleep in tents and they go fuck them up for literally no reason. I would not want to be caught in that. If you live in a big city, you could be next. I currently live in a big city. I hate it. I have a bug out bags just in case this happens. And then lastly, 
it allows you for full flexibility, meaning you can leave at a moment's notice. It, you don't ha- you don't have anything tying you down at all. You can just get up and go. Need to add to this before we move on? Yeah, absolutely, Nick. I think you put it very well said. You know, um, literally the reason to have this bag is, you know, just if you have to get out, um, you, Bitcoin allows you one of the best properties that it has. It, it allows you to move very, it allows you to move tremendous amount of energy over vast vast lengths of, of space very efficiently, right? So you could take everything with you. Of course, if you own real estate in that country or, you know, there's there's physical possessions that you literally can't take, take with you, at least what Bitcoin allows you to do is you could leave, right? And, you know, unfortunately, what governments have shown, for example, is that they'll, they'll hold the, the, the population hostage while, while they kind of run these financial experiments, right? Like they'll try to hold the prop population host, like hostage to try to prop up their government, right? And unfortunately, back in the day when we had a centralized money, they were able to do that, right? They make the money, they make the rules, but what, what Bitcoin does is it allows you to completely opt out of that system. And what a bag allows you to do is it literally allows you to be like this digital nomad. Like you could just literally take all of your wealth, all of your energy. You know, you obviously you have to secure it in a right, in a right way to protect, it, to protect against physical attacks, right? But once you do that, having this bag like ready to go very quickly allows you to be extremely flexible and hopefully, you know, maybe for some save your life one day and save your wealth as well. Because yeah, you might leave on a moment's notice and you might be able to get out, but you left all your wealth. You left all your money in the country that you were fleeing from. Right. Mm-hmm. Very well said. So do you want to go over the two types of bags? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So look, so I was talking to Nick about this and, you know, everyone has different preferences, right? Um, both of them, both preferences, I would say has pros and cons, right? Um, the first bag would be like a single, a single SIG storage, you know, basically you're carrying only one, like a single SIG wallet with you. It allows for maximum flexibility but with the downside of less security compared to bag number two. So ideally what you would have in bag number one is you would have a cold card, but you wouldn't have the physical 24 word seed that the, the actual written notes or the written words, or, you know, you wouldn't have that with you in the bag. You would have that in a safe space, you know, preferably uh, a, a, like a safe that's hidden out of view, hidden somewhere, right? But the cold card has a capability where it has a brick me pin, right? So you can carry basically all your wealth with you. And let's say someone stops you and, and they figure out it's a cold card. They don't think it's a calculator or something like that. You could always, it, you could always put in the brick me pin into the cold card that completely bricks the cold card. And now the malicious attacker 
has no other avenue to get to your keys, right? Uh, the second bag would be a multi-sig storage. Uh, that's that's preferably that's what I like to do. Um, it allows for better security, but it comes at the cost of of flexibility, right? So with bag number two, you have basically everything with you. With with uh, uh, I mean, sorry, with bag number one, you have everything with you. With bag number two, you have the choice to have something with you. But you know what I would do, for example, is I would leave one, so out of a one of two, sorry, a two of three, where let's just make it one of two for this example. So out of a one or one of two uh, multi-sig setup in bag number two, what I would do is I would leave one signature at home, like in a safe or something. Then I would leave a copy of the first signature also in a safe or in a, another like in someone's apartment, but in another in the in the country of choice of which to I'm fleeing, right? So I have a copy of the same key, but it doesn't move with me. It stays, right? So the same copy stays in. I'm just gonna give actual life examples. Miami. So I have a copy of one signature in Miami. I have the same copy of the same signature in, let's say, in in Puerto Rico, right? And then I carry the second, the second signature, the second key I carry on my person, and that is what I carry on the bag, right? So obviously it makes it much harder to attack, right? If you're like a malicious actor, because it doesn't matter even if you get my bag by myself, I don't even have to rely on the, on the cold card brick me pin. You know, I could literally just, if that person catches me, sorry, bro, I can't help you. You know, because my other key is in a physical location and you have a copy of that first key. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfectly, dude. I, does, that I, I, that, does that make sense to everybody else? Because I know it's a little complicated. Made sense to me. Awesome. Yeah, I really like the multi-sig solution. Um, I just... The the flexibility of the first bag is really good because you know you can spend any bitcoin at a moment's notice if you need to and you have full you know i mean you always have full control over it with multi-sig but like you can do whatever you want with it at that uh exact second with the single sig but with the multi-sig it's much harder to access which just would give me more peace of mind i think during a what i would consider a high stress situation so um either one's good uh both come with uh benefits and um you know downsides as well but moving on what goes in the bag so we want to keep you light on your feet so we're going to have a minimum a preferable and an optional section in the bare minimum you should have a passport fiat cash so either US dollars or euros so you can buy something if you need it or, you know, pay someone off or, you know, do whatever you need to do. And your cold card and or your copy of your 24 word seed. Don't have both. Just have one or the other, because if you have both and you get caught, they will take your cold card if you don't brick it and your copy of your 24 word seed and then they will have your money so have one or the other and then preferably 
We suggest you carry a light laptop with a Bitcoin Core on it. That would be perfect. Optional. So a lot of this stuff I keep in mind because I live in the United States. When I think of getting out quickly, I don't think of going directly to another country, though I though I obviously could, but I always think of going straight to the country where I'll just be surrounded by, you know, a bunch of loving patriots that would protect me. But um so with that in mind, keep a firearm firearm on you. Um Glock nineteen, for example, is perfect. Um water, a first aid kit. The first aid kit doesn't have to be huge. It can be small. I have a small first aid kit in my bag that has just about everything I need for um, small injuries. Um, food, you know, just light food that'll keep you on your feet. I'm not saying have a full, you know, seven course meal with you or anything, but have a po- portable phone charger. You can get them at the gas station for like 10 bucks. They're super cheap. And that that could buy you some time. Um, survival blanket, again, not a big one. I I have a survival blanket in my bag, and it it folds into like a little hand handheld uh bag, super small. A poncho as well, same thing, folds up, super small, fits in the palm of your hand. Um, and I would say a change of light all black clothing, something that'll keep you on your feet and allow you to slip through the crowd if need to be. Cause when shit really pops off, a lot of people tend to wear all black. I, especially with like the Antifa riders and stuff, they wear all black. Might help you slip through the crowd. I'd bring a knife with you as well. This, you won't be able to slip through the crowd very easily with, but if you can get around it, that's fine. An AR-15 shotgun, you won't fit this in your bag. You'll have to carry it, but could very well come in handy, though I hope you would never have to actually use it. Gloves, preferably black, and a face mask. Not for COVID. I'm not talking about face diapers or like an N95 mask. I just mean something to protect your identity in case, you know, you don't want people knowing who you are with. I I forgot to put this, but also wear a hat just to help with your identity as well. Just people don't need to know who you are and where you're going at this point. And uh, you need to really lay low and keep a low profile. Nico, is there anything you wanted to add? Absolutely, man. I think you said it very well. And um, I just want to emphasize the importance of the the you know the the first couple right and passport is just so important like you know without having your passport with you you can't travel right uh especially you can't travel quickly you know um so the passport is just so important to have you know believe it or not you know as much as we hate fiat fiat is literally a couple hundred dollars literally euro us dollars or euros is anything that's at you if you have US dollars or euros, that cash will be accepted in 99% of countries around the world. Maybe like the very posh European countries, you know, maybe they'll be like, no, I don't accept dollars. But most countries around the world will accept dollars. Most countries around the world will accept euros. You could pay people in euros. And when you're moving and you're not using the legacy financial system, right, 
your best bet is cash, like physical cash, right? And uh, I think Nick covered the cold card part very well. Um, you know, either have, you know, if this, is a, if this is bag number two and it's a one of two multi-sig, bring your cold card, bring your 24-word seed, right? Because even if, even if customs or police or something catch you with that, right? It doesn't matter because it's a one of two multi-sig and they would need to have at least the other key as well, which they don't have. However, if you are doing a single SIG bag, bag number one, then it's super important not to bring your 24-word seed. Only bring your cold card with you, right? And then, um, you know, if, if uh, and I think that every, I think Nick covered everything else so good. So I just wanted to emphasize the passport and the cash part. Thank you, dude. Very well said. So do you want to go over this slide for have a plan? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so th this is very simple, guys. You know, like, look, when shit hits the fan, um, look, guys, look, and I, and I keep trying to emphasize this and I, and I have to make a point. Just because something hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't happen, right? That doesn't mean things are going to happen, right? But if they do, are you going to be the schmuck that doesn't have a plan? And that you're trying to make it up as you go, or you're going to be the schmuck that's like, dude, I have a plan. I know where to go. Right. So when you have a bailout bag, it also comes with, you know, where you're bailing out to. Right. So I have my plan. I'm going to dox myself a little bit here. Obviously, I'm not going to give super specifics, but my main residence is in Miami and I have a bailout plan to two Caribbean locations one is in a separate country right that i could leave to and i can get on a plane and everything's waiting or everything's set up in that specific it, it, that's how it's that's how it's set up for me and that provides enough security for me to sleep well at night but also with the benefit of being able to leave super quickly right um so have a place that you know that you want to go to understand that place, understand the local customs, because the last thing you want to do is, okay, I'm going to go to Hawaii to, you know, like get the fuck out of here because Florida is like banning Bitcoin and they're taking Bitcoin away from everybody or whatever bullshit they pass or the, the left wants to close down businesses because they want to do full communism. I, I don't know, for whatever reason, right? Don't just leave to another place so that you could stick out like a sore thumb, you know, like understand the place that you're going to preferably, you know, either have a place rented there or have property there already. You know, that's, that's if you can, right. Maybe family and dude, don't call attention to yourself, you know, dress like a bum. You know, if, if you ever see me on the street, I literally look like a bum all day, you know, because it's comfortable. You won't, you can't tell who I am. I don't like to be flashy. You shouldn't like to be flashy. There is literally no reason to draw attention to yourself, right? It's, it's, it's like, what do you have to prove, right? You have Bitcoin. They don't have Bitcoin. That's all you need to know, right? So that when you don't call attention to yourself, when you go, when you understand the location to which you're going, when you understand the steps of which you need to take, like, okay, this is how long it's going to take to get the Uber to get to the airport this is how long it usually gets through the airport 
when I get there, I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do with my life, you know? So that's all something that you should think through. And preferably, you know, everyone has a different uh, preference, right? But preferably kind of have a multi-sig setup where you could geographically separate your keys based on the bailout locations that you have. Mm -hmm. And one thing I wanted to touch on, because I feel like this is really good because you're talking more about you're bailing out out of the country and you're getting on a plane and my plane is a little bit different. I'm not going to dox it a hundred percent, but like there are two States that I can go to and all I have to do is if shit gets really bad, I grab my bag and I get out to my car and I have a whole way mapped out that I did on a Google maps and I have, I can take alternative routes and I can do whatever I can avoid certain places if I want to. And I have this plan where I can get out, not call too much attention to myself and just get to a safer place in the country where I know shit's not going to get too bad. And that's like having a plan is so under um i don't want to say underestimated but you don't want to be in a situation where you have to get out and then you you just kind of have all you have your bag you know you're in your car or on the plane and you're like okay well where do i go now i don't know what i'm doing you should have a plan for what you're going to do when you get there and just optimize your survival and um in your safety really exactly exactly so we're just going to go over what happens if y your plan doesn't go according to plan and you get caught with the bag. What we suggest is don't say anything because anything you say can and will be used against you. If they find your cold card, try to convince them the best you can. It's not a, it's a, not a hardware wallet. Say it's a calculator. It's something else. But if they know what it is, just give it to them. Just give it to them. And if they ask for the pin, give them the pin that bricks it. Or if you, they ask you to put it in, just put in the pin that bricks it. Whatever you do, do not give your 24-word seed phrase, which you shouldn't have on you already if you're already holding a cold card. If you do have your 24-word seed phrase, fucking destroy it somehow if you can if you have it written on a piece of paper i'd suggest rip it up as fast as you can if you have it on you know like a a uh micro sd card honest honest to god i'd just fucking swallow it and deal with it later like i would do anything to make sure they don't get it um but let's say if you do give them your hardware wallet let them have that little you know feeling of a small victory like oh we we got the hardware wallet you know we confiscated the dude's bitcoin but really in reality you walk away with all your funds and avoid any uh, harsh discipline uh we saw this example uh earlier this week where in germany the police arrested arrested a guy and he had about 60 million dollars worth of bitcoin and they took his hardware wallet 
So they said they confiscated his Bitcoin, but in reality, they didn't because he is refusing to give up his 24-word seed phrase. And uh, the police can't access his Bitcoin. His funds are safe, for now at least. Nico, is there anything... Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, and and I think that that example of that German guy is so incredibly powerful, right? Like, look at the power of Bitcoin. You know, it literally, it's like, even though these people have you in handcuffs behind your back, unless you tell them what's on your mind, literally, they can't touch you. They can't touch your, they cannot touch your wealth, right? So when it comes to, you know, crossing the border with Bitcoin and, you know, your wealth with you, you know, it's, it's like under no circumstances do you ever give it to them because you don't have to, you know, you, you don't need to, you have the tools that you have the tools necessary to just tell them to go fuck themselves. And remember that you have a copy of that 24 word phrase that you could recover somewhere else that's not with you right so the worst thing that they could do is just take away your ability to spend your bitcoin now but you know you'll go to where you had your 24 word seat um stored and then you'll recover your wallet right and uh so it's just remember that you know and you can't do that with anything else because with gold they'll just take the gold right with with bitcoin whether they're gonna they're gonna take the hardware wallet like i took your bitcoin you say okay take it don't fight them don't 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 fight them. Don't try to yell at them. Just say, sure, you can have it, you know, and they'll be all confused. They'll be like, why isn't he fighting? Because because they can't take it away from you unless you tell them. Right. So it's incredibly powerful. And don't like understand that you have the ability to do that. And with no, nothing else, can you do that? But remember that. Just because you gave it to gave it to them. Don't get a false sense of security that not, just because they don't have the pin or the password to your cold card doesn't mean that it, it's, it's, it's invulnerable. What, when someone has physical access to your hardware wallet, if they have the right equipment, I'm talk, so uh, I'll give you an example. In hardware wallet MK2, they were able to break in the security element with lasers that cost them around half a million dollars, right? So just because someone has your hardware wallet, but they don't have your pin, doesn't mean it's 100% safe, right? So the reason I'm telling you this is that because they do confiscate your wallet, right? What that tells you with certainty is that you're going to be able to move the Bitcoin associated with that seed quicker to an address that you have complete control of versus them trying to brute force or trying to find engineer a way inside their cold card okay so the cold card isn't bulletproof but what it does is it buys you a fuck ton of time to make the necessary adjust adjustments right now imagine this on a scale level on and you understand why this idea of you know, enforcing laws tr- like crossing borders is unenforceable with Bitcoin, right? It's, you cannot enforce it. It's unenforceable. Like, look at all these things that Nick and I have been talking to you guys about. And you start to understand that from a law enforcement perspective, these guys have no chance at all. 
especially if you don't say a word. Yeah, dude, and um, that's that's definitely a, a worry if that happens. Um, it that would be, I'd say, to the extreme. It's obviously very likely to happen, but you know they don't know how much they have on you, and that'd be very you know not worth it i'd say or not very efficient for them to spend half a million dollars on every single one that they confiscate but obviously that is a concern it is an attack vector and you want to avoid that the best you can at all costs so if you ever do get your cold card taken from you definitely as soon as possible get a new one transfer it off uh to a new address but moving on yeah that's pretty much it. You can now enjoy your freedom. You're now a digital digital nomad. Thank you for watching. And do we have any questions uh, from the audience? Uh, I don't have a question, but uh, we got we got some good recommendations in the chat of what else people might want to add to their bug out bag. And uh, we got add some sunglasses and add some ammo. I mean, the ammo was a, I guess, a given. The but, ammo. Um, uh, and, a, and a crossbow, too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you guys killed it. You guys uh, definitely gave me a lot of food for thought. So uh, I will personally be trying to get myself a bug out bag soon. So thank you, guys. Um, let's see. Here, Nico, we got a question right here. Uh, maybe you can answer it. He goes, what if I use a Slip 39 backups that are geographically separated for the seed? Yeah, I mean, that could absolutely work. But just keep in mind, when it comes to security, it, there has to be, and I'm telling you, like, here's the thing, right? Too much security could be just as dangerous as too little security. Right. So like a lot of the, the worst catastrophes that I've seen of people losing their Bitcoin was not because uh, some hacker was ingenious enough to kind of figure out a way to find his private key. It was literally because the person started inventing ideas like if I double multisig and do this and do that and then they just forget where they put the keys or they forget the password or they forget the whatever. So the point of the story is that like there needs to be this like happy medium where you have the technical capability of being comfortable enough to store your multi-sig properly, right? Um, and also, you know, not to like have too little security where you literally can't sleep at night, right? So it has to be a happy medium and it can't be either extreme because they're equally as dangerous. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, awesome. can you give a suggestion? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, because it's it's very interesting. But I was thinking, um, you know, that in a situation where where everything collapses or not, you know that a judge can hold you indefinitely. So uh, I would say, if you can. It's better actually just to 
have your bag, but don't have anything related with Bitcoin on it. I, I would say just memorize your 24 words. I would, I would go further. I would say do a 12 word. 12 words are very easily memorized. And don't give any sign, any sign at all that you might be hiding something. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot better, because you're graying man. The, you know, you're you're being the gray man, uh, and uh, you have a lot of other stuff. They will th say, okay, we have their gun. We have we have his gun. We have his money. So let him go. You know, but if you have a cold card, even if they're outside of the law, they will they will torture you until you give them up. And if you're if they're inside the law, they will put you in front of a judge, and the judge will say. Give us access to your cold card. He will say no. He will send you. He will say you are in contempt of court. He will send you to jail for three years. Then he will see you again. And he will say, will you give us your password now? And you will say no. And he will send you another three years to jail for contempt. And so on and so on. So I think it's better just not so, to, not to, yeah, to so do, I, to have anything with you that would suggest you have Bitcoin, you know? Not yeah, even so, yourself, like no wallets at all. Those, those are great points. And, you know, I, I didn't want to get into those types of details. But, for example, on the cold card, um, you have something called plausible deniability. Um, and I'll get to why you should always bring the hardware wallet with you, right, um, in my opinion. But let's say the things that happen happen, right? You, you get caught and uh, the customs officials are smart enough to realize that's a Bitcoin wallet, right? Um, on the cold card, what, what it allows you to do is it allows you to put a 25th word. So normally, if you put in your regular PIN, that would give you access to a, you know, a specific amount of addresses, right? And then if you put in you know, your regular PIN, but it's slightly different, right? And that just adds a, a 25th word to the 24 words. It, it accesses a whole different other type of wallet, right? So if you were put in this situation, right, where you were under extreme duress and these people have a gun to your head, um, I, 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 understand La I understand South America very much. I'm from Venezuela. I, under I, I get it. Um, I, I spent many years there. So I understand slightly um, what, it, what type of duress situation you're talking about. So if you're in that type of dress situation, the reason that I said bring a, bring a one of two, right, um, a one of two uh, multi-sig is this, even if they do catch you with that one cold card, it's absolutely useless even if they do put a gun to your head, right? There's, you can't, right? And then the other option that you have is with that 24, 25th word feature, with that plausible deniability, that could access a wallet that has, you know, 10, 20, $30,000 worth of Bitcoin. That's not your full stash, but that's a stash that according to your specific security situation, you would feel that's enough to get the judge or to get the cop or to get the person off your back, right? So there's, there's different mitigations that you could set up right that you could kind of tweak according to your specific situation in your life and the security in the part of your world that you live in and you know how the court system works where you could leverage the technology of the cold card to operate with a 
I would say, a very good balance between security and flexibility. Because the problem is that if you leave a country, right, and you only have, for example, the 20, the 12th word seed memorized in your head, you're not, you're, now you're at a disadvantage because you don't have access to, to capital quickly, very fast. And you need that, right? You need that because that's what gives you power in the place that you're going to, right? So I think that with the features that cold card has, right? Even if the even if customs officials smartened up, right, they got intelligent enough to start to look for cold cards specifically, you could either mitigate against the basically their attacks by putting a 25th word, which at, which fools them into thinking that they've accessed your real wallet. But in reality, it was kind of this fake wallet to get them off your back. Or you could have it in a way where you're just carrying around the key you're not even carrying around enough keys to access your Bitcoin. Does that make sense? Excellent. The decoy. That's very important to have a misdirection. Yeah, the 25th word, um, I, I'm not a fan of it, but, that, but the cold card does have that feature, right? Where, you know, you could, let's say, I'm throwing numbers here out. I'm inventing stuff. But let's say your portfolio is $100,000. You could put ten thousand dollars into one wallet on your cold card, and if these guys have a gun to your head, they put it. Whatever you give them, the ten thousand dollars, and they let you go. You know what I'm saying? Because they're happy they got they got their money, but then you keep the ninety thousand, right? So there's different ways that you could mitigate against essentially a five dollar wrench attack. Beautiful guys, I think uh, the listener and all of us here are going to uh, have to think about this a little more and, and personalize it, but really great stuff. I'm, I'm definitely having my mind turned over here and, and have to uh, figure, figure some things out from here on out. Hey, how, how does that 25 word uh, or 25th word deal work with on-chain analytics? Like if you're being prosecuted by the feds for a white collar crime, and one of these scumbag chain analysis companies is looking at you. Does that 25th word help at all or not? So, um, no, it, it, so it makes no difference because, you know, essentially the way that the chain analysis companies work essentially is, you know, they'll associate your KYC identity with the addresses that they're moving through. Right. But 25th word, what the only thing that they would allow that would allow you to do is essentially like have a, a, a whole separate set of receiving addresses that has a separate private key. Right. So the only way that would protect you would be if like the feds raided your house, for example, and they went into your safe and they found your seed and they're like, OK, we have all his Bitcoin now. Right. But what they don't know is that you that you have a 25th word. So they only have the 24 words and you have a 25th word memorized in your head. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it would protect you against. Right. But in terms of just looking at the blockchain data, no, you literally can't tell the difference, nor is there any security benefit from creating a wallet uh, with a 24th word. The only security benefit that you would get from using a 24 word is plausible deniability. And, um, and, um, and the, basically 
if and if, if anyone has physical access to your 24 words, if they find it for whatever reason, if you have the 25th word and you discover that someone discovered your words because you open your safe and something was like kind of misplaced, what it does advise you time because now you know that your keys are potentially compromised and you're on the you're on the clock for changing uh, you're changing to a new address based on a new seed. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Appreciate it. Awesome, guys. Well, I think you killed that presentation. We appreciate it, Nico. Nick, do you want to roll us out? Yeah. Uh, thank you for everyone who came out and watched this tonight. I know it got off rocky star, but it, it got a lot better as it went on. Um, Nico, thanks again for helping me make this and uh, coming on and helping me explain this better. Well, thanks for the invite. It was a whole lot of fun. I hope uh, I hope uh, hope me and Nick taught some of you guys something. Mm -hmm. And looking forward to having you on again in the future. Thank you, bro. No doubts. All right, thank you guys, and we'll be back in Teachers Lounge in one moment.